Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. My man tones of shields. I, I know I'm kind of, set, kind of setting the stage here for what is to come on this football Friday tone, but I gotta be honest with you. I mean, if you didn't, that's fine. Did you watch that atrocity of a game last night? Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It wasn't it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination entertaining. And you know, we 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 kind of knew what we were walking into with this game. And you know, I'll be honest, I didn't watch all of it. I just when – when I saw the first quarter and some change going without without scoring and just the way they were playing, the you know, turnovers and just just bad quarterbacking throughout, I'm like, okay, I I, I can't do this anymore. And then, and then as soon as I stop watching, people want to start scoring points. So I'm like, okay, all right. You know, it is what it is. You know what? You know, we can – I'll live with it, I guess. So, you know, but overall, man, um, the game itself is not even the news. The game itself is not even, you know, where the where the spark started to fly, right? You know, Ron Rivera had a pretty heated press conference, Jeff. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I always say, it's 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 hard to put the genie back in a bottle. Yeah, for those of you who want to understand what Tony's talking about, or went to bed after the game, or if you went to bed before the game ended, I wouldn't blame you because it was a bad football game. And I, I'll just say this first: Can we get the Bears off of prime time? I know they're all on Monday Night Football in 10 days, but can we get this team off? They're god-awful, and the commanders were lucky to get away with a victory. But Ron Rivera, there, there was a report that went out this week, and obviously Ron Rivera, he's very in tap at the news, that he did not pick Carson Wentz. Dan Snyder did. And Rivera went to his team's defense – and Carson's defense said, no, he's the guy who does the notes. He was the guy up late hours. This is the guy he wanted. That's what he said. And there were other reports saying that the commanders want Jimmy Garoppolo and Rivera won Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure Ron Rivera won Jimmy Garoppolo too, but <laughs> it, you know, they probably heard Jimmy Garoppolo had the surgery and decided, okay, we'll sell him Carson Wentz or, you know, or this is the guy we want. And Rivera pretty much went full Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. But it was directed not at Carson Wentz in favor of Carson Wentz. And it was a passionate speech tone. He was driven. I don't think we've seen this style of Ron Rivera in Carolina before. And I think coaching the commanders is getting to this man. Yeah, I think this, yeah, like you said, uh, this is pure frustration. This is this is pure boiling point <laughs> and I, I really can't i can't blame him for being you know frustrated but at the same time you said what you said you have to take responsibility and deal with the repercussions of that you know and whether those repercussions are internal or external you you have to you have to face the music and now people are going to question whether or not you even if even if you're 
being unequivocally true and honest. You let the genie out of the bottle. You had the press conference uh, earlier this week that essentially threw Carson Wentz under the bus, and you tried to walk it back. It's okay. That's you know you had a you you, you had a firm talking to you. You had to you had to play damage control, but it is what it is, and. I know a lot of people are trying to make a big deal about what River said in the first place about Carson. And some people, you know, approach it from different angles. Uh, it was unprofessional or, uh, you know, there, there's no way in football that there's no place in football for that kind of talk about your, about your quarterback. And my thing is he doesn't owe Carson Wentz anything. If anything, it's a, it's a rental, you know, after this year, they can get out of that contract. I believe if, if unscathed, if I'm not mistaken, but let's not pretend Carson Wentz is this guy that deserves all this fanfare and all this respect. And, you know, Carson Wentz has been a bad quarterback for an extended period of time, at least three years. And for him to just be honest about what the, about the quarterback, it, it's, it's you, you can't deny how bad he's been playing. You can't deny it. Now, sure, could he have handled it differently? Definitely, definitely. But me personally, it's I don't I don't think much of it. I don't I don't care. Yeah, you know, this is what's tough for me with the whole scenario. Rivera to me on Monday, I don't think R- Rivera did a great job explaining it afterwards. And I, I'm I'm not talking about Monday. I'm talking about the, the next day. I think he was fun. But right away, and look, I get what he was saying. Like Washington's if how can I word this? Denver and Carolina, I think, have gone through more quarterbacks than Washington has over the past couple of years, three or four years. It just seemed like Washington was never able to get their guy. Like, they thought Dwayne Haskins, you know, God rest his soul, was their guy, and it didn't work out. They tried. Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be a one-year rental for them. He gets hurt. Taylor Heineke, he's been back and forth in the, in the lineup. Um they had to bring back Josh Johnson, who's been on like 14 different teams at one point. They just haven't been able to find that quarterback. So I get what he was saying there. My key thing with the whole takeaway was Wentz didn't even know about until they kind of told him. And Rivera, like Washington PR said, hey, you know, Ron said this. And he's like, oh, okay, like I'm on social media. Like, I, I, you know, good for Carson, by the way. But he seemed okay with it because Rivera addressed it right away. And I think – Rivera knows how to handle his team. I think Rivera – I think those guys like Rivera. I think they like playing for Rivera. I just think it's just a colossal mess of an organization where you got the Dan Snyder dirt stuff coming in, you know, from yesterday. And, you know, this is why the owners can't get rid of him. And then you got the whole stadium issue. And there's just so much external drama going on. Oh, and by the way, the product on the field's terrible. So yeah, that makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. So Wentz can't throw for 100 yards in the football game. They need Brian Robinson, who got shot in the knee twice in the knee six weeks ago to basically bail your offense out against a bad Chicago Bears deep defense. I mean, look at this, Tone. 214 total yards, 2 of 11 on third down. Just an ugly performance by Washington last night. And they really, they won the game because Chicago can't feel the punt. That's really what it came down to last night. It's, I mean, honestly, like, I can see why Rivera's so frustrated. If I'm watching right now, I, I, I'm just saying to myself, man, somehow we're not – I don't think they're alive in the NFC East race. I think there's no chance in hell they are, but <laughs> they're still alive. Like, technically, for a playoff spot, it, it, honestly, Tony, the NFL is so mediocre, and you combine Thursday night football with it. Man, it, it's – Amazon, give me back my money. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 looking real bad, but you know we can't pretend like all of a sudden Thursday night football is terrible because of Amazon. Thursday night football has been terrible for a long time, no matter what platform yeah. it's been on. So, so I can't even just say Amazon, give me my money back because Amazon has a lot of other dope content. You know, I've been watching the Rings of Power, and the Rings of Power is really good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't, yeah. I, I can't I can't blame Amazon for the bad product. You know, maybe you can blame them for maybe the the presentation, maybe the way the announcers do their thing, but that's the announcer's job, you know, to, you know, to deliver, you know, a colorful game and, you know, provide context and whatnot. And, but 
for as far as, far as the actual game, the, the the product of itself uh, as the NFL, Thursday Night Football has, has has historically been, you know, frowned upon. Historically been, you know, a terrible product. Um, most ninety percent of the NFL people that actually play and coach the game hate Thursday Night Football. It's simply a money grab for the NFL. So um, we understand that, and I can't blame Amazon for Thursday Night Football. It, it existed before them, and it's going to exist after them. But you know, look. The NFC East is completely out of out of Washington's grasp. At this point, they need to be more concerned with finding stability. And I think that's where Rick Rivera or Rob Rivera, excuse me, uh, made his mistake in that initial press conference when they asked him, what do you think is the issue? Why do you think your team is behind all the rest of the teams in the NFC East? His first words should have been instability. That's where he should have led. Because when you say quarterback, people automatically think, well, are you saying you're losing these games simply because of quarterback play? Because people know, people that watch these games clearly see that you guys are losing these games for much more than quarterback play. So it looked like he was throwing them under the bus. He tried to add context, didn't really work out too well for him. But I look at this Washington team, and like you said, it starts from the top down. Dan Snyder is a joke. You know, I think they've actually made pretty good personnel decisions. So I can't blame the GM for certain things, right? I think they have a I think they have a really good wide receiver core. I think they have a talented defense. Their weakest group is the offensive line, and offensive line is one of the hardest groups to build, one of the hardest positions to fill. And they're and they're also dealing with a lot of injuries on the offensive line. So it's it's not a far cry to understand why they can't protect Carson. But even then, you know. Carson is steadily getting worse every single game. And it's so visible. It's so obvious. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if this guy pulled Andrew Luck after the season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it seems like he's either a starter or he's nothing. And look, this is where I struggle with Carson Wentz here. Because even when he kind of does some good things, you're bracing for the interception. I kept joking last night that maybe the Bears should just let the commanders have the football and see if Carson Wentz can, you know, throw a pick six or find a way to turn full. But by the way, Tone, what did you think? I, I, I kind of want to get your take on this since we the Bears did play on Thursday night football. What was your what is your overall take on Justin Fields? Because I'm starting to get to the point where I defended him a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch him, I, I watch him every week now, and I'm like, you know what? I know the Bears have issues developing quarterbacks and developing an offensive scheme that fits him. But I'm starting to get to the point where, you know what? This guy can't throw. <laughs> he had this one He had this one easy touchdown that he just flat out missed. Like the dude was wide open uh, in the uh, corner of the end zone. All he had to do was just throw a touch pass wide open, and he overthrew the guy. But how do I feel about Justin Fields? I don't have any strong opinions about Justin Fields, if I'm being completely transparent with you. Um, I understand that he's a he's an Ohio State quarterback. Historically, Ohio State quarterbacks have not done well in the NFL. That's just that's just what the trends say. Now, sure, there's always a player that can break break a trend, but so far that hasn't been proven. Um, I can't get over how bad of an organization the Chicago Bears are just from a just from a, a, a just from a role of developing quarterbacks so that plays a key factor at the end of the day he's a very raw product and i think a lot of people knew that when he came to the nfl how raw how raw of a project he was you know um uh even with trey lance he was a raw project as well but it seemed like people were people were more so trying to call trey lance the raw you know the raw project versus justin fields but it was clear that he was a guy that needed needed much more uh refinement in his game and you know, I just I I think he was dealt a bad hand as far as the organization he went to. Um, you know, when you, when you when you think about a guy like Jalen Hurts who also came into the league a bit unrefined, you know, he you know he he got coached up, right? And you know, he has the mentality to want to put you know to play above you know his pay grade to play above what people have graded him at. You know, Justin Fields, I don't know too much about him personally because I don't I haven't really kept up with his career, but from what I can see, he strikes me as a professional young guy. A guy that takes his job very seriously, a guy that's smart, a guy that a guy that wants to be coached well, a guy that wants to learn the game, and it just seems like he's not getting that uh, in uh, Chicago. And I really feel bad because you know if it's easy to blame Justin Fields because he's out there, 
But at the same time, what quarterback has Chicago developed? You know, what you know, what do they have around him? You know, to give him the best chance at success. His coach looks like a looks like a dweeb. Doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. So it's like it's really easy to get on Justin Fields, a guy who's entering his second year in the NFL. And see, I see, I could, I could, I, I could probably give Justin Fields a little bit more slack if they allowed him to throw the ball. They don't, they don't throw the ball enough for me to actually give a strong opinion about what he can and can't do. Well, now, who's he got to throw the ball to? That my point exactly. So it's like you know, you know, but even if you don't have that many people, that many people to throw the ball to, Jeff, you're only like there was a game where he only threw the ball like twelve or thirteen times, or like for like sixteen times, something like that. Not even like it's less than twenty, less than twenty throws. I understand you may not have the best of weapons, but that's where your coaching has to come in. You have to scheme guys open. You have to create a game plan that puts guys in position. You know, you have to keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, quick slants or, you know, RPOs or do something to create offense, create steady offense for your guys so you can be able to judge him properly. I'm not going to sit here and crucify uh, Justin Fields, uh, you know, for a situation that he walked into and that hasn't gotten better uh, since he's been there. There's two things I think of with Justin Fields. One, if it works out with the Bears or not, I think this is a man that's going to get another opportunity to play starting quarterback in the NFL because of yeah. his first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I honestly think if you put him in a better situation, he'll be better. He's one of those guys where I liked coming out of Ohio State. I thought, okay, this guy should probably be tired of where he is. I thought, okay, maybe he'll save the Bears. Two, though, and this is the important one, I wanted the Bears to hire Brian Dable because of this man. I wanted to see what Brian Dable could do with a guy like Justin Fields. And obviously the Giants were able to get him, and the Bears decided, oh, you know, we're going to go with a defensive coach again, and then we're going to go get Luke Getze. I'm like, for the call plays, I'm like, man, you guys just can't get anything right, can you, over in Chicago? It's it, it, the NFC North sucks, Tone. I, I'm going to say it flat out. I can't stand that division. I get tired of the NFC East getting all the flack all these years when that division has the Bears and the Lions. That's all I need to know. Like, that division has been a walking corpse for the Green Bay Packers to just kick, kick the skeletons down, if you will. I, I, I get tired of it with the NFC North. Now, it does look like the Vikings are going to be half-decent this year, but overall, Tone, I, I'm just – I just get sick of it, man. I'm getting sick of watching the Bears in prime time. I'm getting sick of watching the Broncos in, in prime time. I'm getting sick of watching the Colts in prime time. The Commanders, I get it. It's, it, I don't know what we got to do to fix Thursday Night Football anymore. Just give us better matchups than what we got. I think it's beyond the matchups, man. Like you have, like you have games where the matchups are pretty good, and it just it still turns out to be a crappy product. You know, it's the middle of the week, damn near. And, you know, guys, you know, guys are coming off a short week. They just played on Sunday. So teams don't really have enough time to game plan um, as much, you know, as much as they would like. I think a lot. I think a lot of the time players are kind of sleepwalking through these games. You know what I'm saying? And again, you know, this is the NFL. You know, this is the product they want to put out there. They're completely comfortable with it, you know, and, you know, that's just something, you know, that's just something that we're just going to have to, you know, you know, deal with. But, you know, another news, we have our guy Jordan Mack. You know, um, behind the scenes, man, the legendary Jody Mack that, that does amazing work on Birds 365 gives one of the most fascinating, one of the most interesting, one of the most illustrious perspectives, uh, you know, when it comes to your Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, Jeff, any final thoughts before we hit this break, my man? Wentz said it best, though, with Thursday Night Football. I didn't want to interrupt you there, but there you Wentz, said, Wentz said it best. It's he's sore Monday, right? He was saying from his perspective. And this is a guy who's 7-0 on Thursday Night Football now. He sore Monday. He's still trying to recover from that Sunday's game. And then he said, you got to change your mental clock and say, oh, I got a game in three days. I got to get ready for that. Maybe Wednesday's had to get ready for Thursday Night Football a lot better than other players do because he it's he doesn't play bad on Thursday Night Football. I think he has like 16 touchdowns and two interceptions. Hmm. That's that's, interesting. That, that's that's interesting to know. I can that that didn't materialize last night. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh man, you guys are locked in on on Good Morning NFC East with Jeff Kerr. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields the second. Next up, we have our guy Jody Mack in the building. Keep it locked, you guys. You don't want to miss this. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jafti Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. a reunion of sports for me here on Good Morning NST East. I'm with my man Jody McDonald, host of Birds 365 and catch him on WIP, CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mac, how you feeling, man? Good, Jeff Kerr. Were you just whining about Thursday Night Football? You you mean these last two weeks have not been entertaining for you when touchdowns come like once in a decade or it just seems that way? You know, before that, um, I think it was the Dante Pettis touchdown, which we could argue was a touchdown or not. I think the last Thursday night football touchdown was Hayden Hurst back in week four, back in September, Jody. Damn. Uh, yeah, not the prettiest offense over the last couple. And again, I'm like you, I probably overanalyze and like, that was not great defense. Sometimes you have games that end up in low scores and you go, damn, both of those defenses got after it. That quarterback had no chance on this side, that side, the other side. I, were you uber impressed by any of the four defenses that played the last two weeks? Because I really wasn't. You know, it, it's weird, Jody. So the Colts-Broncos game, I thought that was going to be low scoring because of those defenses. And really, Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson were just bad. But I can give them a pass because the Colts and Broncos defenses showed up more often than not this year. When has Washington's defense showed up at all? They they don't get after the court. They did a little bit last night. But that's because my guy, uh, Justin Fields, he holds on to the ball too long. He's just not a quick twitch guy, which I thought he was going to be when he got into National Football League. He did it at Ohio State. Now, maybe Ohio State wide receivers get separation a lot quicker than uh, Bears wide receivers do. But he just seems to hold on to it too long. Now, he's got the ability 
kind of like the guy we get to see here every week here in Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts to get out of there. And when he does make plays, turn it upfield. But if you're looking for him to make plays out of the pocket and just get it out quickly, right on time, right on the hands, he hadn't done that this year. I've, I've been pretty damn disappointed the way Fields has played, Jeff. Yeah, I don't think his offensive uh, philosophy helps here. Like, I think he's only rolled out of the pocket like two or three times. Like, it's like, it, you can't do that with Justin Fields. I think he's got the ability to make plays on the road, on the, uh, uh, on the run. So I agree with you. They didn't get him out of the pocket quickly enough. But also their wide receivers, an average bunch at best. Mooney's okay. I know Pettis, you mentioned, did get that touchdown fast, but he's been around for a while and uh, hasn't really broken out in any way, shape, or form. Ken Matt's an okay tight end. They did absolutely nothing this offseason to help out the Chicago Bears offense, and and they look like it, the way that they don't score in their games on a regular basis. I'm actually kind of impressed the Bears are 2-4 because I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Just it, it, It's an embarrassing product. They put out for Justin Fields. I, I actually think Justin – no, no, you know what? I stand corrected. He did play with better wide receivers in college than he has. Oh, yeah. Because he had Chris Olave. He had Garrett Wilson. Marvin Harrison was pretty much his fifth wide receiver, by the way. That guy's going to be a stud in the league too. It's For Ohio State, it just seems like if you want to go offense on Ohio State, draft the receiver, stay away from the quarterback. The Ohio State offense is making it difficult to judge all the players in it because you don't know if they're good because they're playing with the players they're playing or they're good because they're good. It makes the uh, – and, and it will probably be. The way that Justin Fields has played this way will probably have a, a bit of an effect on the way C.J. Stroud is judged. If you ask me, it shouldn't. I think he should be the number one pick in the draft. But then again, I thought Fields was underdrafted when the Giants got him at number 11 a couple of years ago. Uh, that Ryan Day offense is pretty good. We're, once we get another couple weeks in the season, shoot, Johnny Mack and I have been talking about it on Birds 365 the last couple of weeks, the fact that Matt Rule got the heave-ho as quickly as he did. So it turns the conversation already to, well, who are going to be the available coaches in 2023? When is somebody going to make a big-time run at Ryan Day? I, I, I think he's a guy who should merit consideration for an NFL job with how good he's been at Ohio State. And he's got an NFL pedigree, too. It's not like he never came from – he came from – he was the Eagles quarterback coach at one point. So right. he has he has the NFL background. Uh, to me, the guy I, I think Carolina should go after – well, there's two guys. If they want to go defense, I would go to Miko Ryans without a doubt. And I wrote this for CBS Sports, too. Shane Steichen. I, I think Shane Steichen would is ready for that type of role, especially if they get a young quarterback in. Steichen's done a very good job for the undefeated Eagles, but I will say this, and this is not going to score any points with Eagle fans. Um, I didn't love what he did last week. I thought the overall game plan, getting it out of the, all the bubble screens that they ran, um, not a huge fan of the Arizona defense, and they held the Eagles in check until the final drive. Now, to Steichen and, and uh, the head coach's credit, they did go back to their bread and butter on the final possession to be able to get a 17-play drive that takes eight out of the nine minutes off the clock was pretty damn impressive. But up until that point, I wasn't wowed by what the Eagles did on offense as far as play calling goes against yeah. Arizona this past week. The people I've talked to out in Arizona, they said they wanted to take away that big play from the Eagles. They, they didn't want A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith catching these 30, 40, 50-yard catches. So I think that's where the bubble screens came in. It seemed like Steichen was trying to find someone over the top, and I was re-watching the game, and it just wasn't there. So I, I think they were taking what they gave them, and that only led to the 20-point outburst, that, outburst <laughs> that, that the Eagles put up on Sunday. I guess that you could uh, give the uh, Cardinals credit on defense for either giving the Eagles a look and or disguising what they were doing and uh, being able to get the Eagles to not only react but maybe overreact. The Eagles come into that game with the kind of offense they were playing. I would have rather see them go, no, we'll dictate terms. Rather than us reacting to what you're giving us, we're going to tell you here's the way you're going to have to play us on defense because we're going to do what we want to do. Uh, it would the Eagles was def, the Eagles offense was a little bit more uh, reactive than determining their own faith, which uh, wasn't the way I would have attacked it on Sunday. 
Don't you think the Cowboys are starting to get a little cocky heading into this game? Well, at least one of them is. Demarcus Lawrence uh, gave out some pretty good bulletin board material quotes yesterday. Uh, I, I just if if Demarcus is listening, or if anyone wants to uh, tell Demarcus to come back and check out uh, the the show on um, YouTube thereafter. We checked those standings in the NFC East. The Eagles are the undefeated team. Cowboys 4-1. They've gotten off to a very nice start, and Eagles had their hands full this Sunday night. But the way that DeMarcus was talking yesterday, you would think that the Cowboys were the 5-0 and team and the Eagles were the 4-1, and or shoot, the way he talked about it, maybe the 3-2 and or 2-3 and team. Uh, no, the Eagles would be the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Now, DeMarcus may be the kind of guy who says, how much respect do I give to my opponent on any given week? That would be zero. Uh, no, if, if we're taking on a team, I'm going to marginalize them both in my mind and what I say. But yeah, if the Eagles are a team that can use bulletin board material for uh, motivation, DeMarcus Lawrence came in their fill yesterday. Yeah. So the first thing I thought of was, and I never do this, the first thing I thought of, I tweeted. And I said, okay, Demarcus, I'm going to play devil's advocate here with you. An Eagles player could say back, well, what good offensive line have the Dallas Cowboys faced over the first five weeks of the season? You know, zero. They haven't. Tend to agree. And hopefully, and it's trending in that direction, the Eagle offensive line is 100%. They did have four guys yesterday on the injured list, but uh, all participated, which is a very good sign, limited as it may be, um, when the Eagles offensive line is all healthy. And, oh, by the way, they didn't do all that badly, even with guys coming out of the lineup for missing either entire games or parts of the game. It wasn't like there was this massive drop-off when the Eagles backup offensive lineman got in there. No, they, they on paper, uh, one of the best, if not the best in the NFC. And even with uh, a backup here, a backup there for a couple of plays, like Kelsey missed three plays the other day. It wasn't that big a deal. Uh, yeah, they will be tested. The Cowboys have been very good at getting after the quarterback. They lead the league in pressures by a long margin, as a matter of fact. Not going to be near as eagle against this eagle offensive line on Sunday. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, I think he's your first or second in passer range against zone coverage. And I, I know you you talked about this, McMullen. I, I said I thought that was the one thing he needed to get better at this year. And I think that's why Hertz has been as good as he's been. It's they're putting guys in zone coverage. It's, they're daring him to beat them with his arm and he's doing it. He really is. Uh the steps that he's taking forward, Jeff, we talk about it all the time on Birds 365. It, it, basically unpredictable. Even the biggest of Jalen Hurts fans, and there's a handful of them in town that I didn't believe in Jalen Hurts just because he's the Eagle quarterback, and not necessarily because they could erudely explain why Jalen Hurts is just on the cusp of becoming this much improved passer. I think he just said he's going to be great because he's the Eagle quarterback. No phenomenal analysis there. Hey, I was on the bandwagon. I wanted to give him a chance. I liked what I saw. There was no way I was thinking he was going to be as good as he's been for these first five games, he, he, even for a guy who is uh, well-placed in his corner. Yeah, he's been really good at almost every aspect of the game. There isn't an aspect of the game where I say either, well, he's about what he was last year, which wasn't quite good enough, or is good. certainly he hasn't gone backwards in any aspect of the game. All he's done is uh, progress and take step fo steps forward. And he's a huge reason as to uh, why they're 5-0. and yeah. I still laugh when they say, well, he only has four touchdown passes for five weeks. I'm like, but he has six touchdowns. Last time I checked, running passing touchdown, it's still worth six points. <laughs> the, the score that goes up on the board is exactly the same. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference. Um, the, the big play on Sunday, and actually turned out to be a key play. Um, I, I think this has been underemphasized this week. The pass on third down, the 17th play of that drive um, that the Eagles surely wanted to convert into a touchdown rather than have to settle for a dicker, the kicker field goal, was a play in which the Cardinal defensive back had to get in at the very last second, made a hell of a defensive play, uh, separate Quez Watkins from the ball. But on the play, he ended up getting hurt. And because he was hurt, 
the Cardinals had to use their last touchdown, uh, their last timeout. If they had had that last timeout to work with, and I know it's never a perfect thing to say that, oh, it would have happened exactly the same, but you add the timeout. Well, maybe they, they, the play calling is different. Maybe the execution is different. But if you just uh, take it to its easiest step, if they had their last timeout after that Kyler Murray nine-and-a-half-yard slide, that could have played out completely differently. They would have had time for another play. Shoot, they certainly could have gotten a couple more yards to make it an easier kicker for their field goal uh, kicker. And or they could have scored a touchdown and won the game. So the fact that Jalen Hurts took the shot, they ran it all the way down the field. They throw it on third. He threw a tough pass, but not an impossible pass. It took a good defensive play that eventually cost them their final timeout. That's a pretty good drive by Jalen Hurts. How, how do you knock that in any way, specifically because Eagles walk out of Arizona with a win? Yeah, Vance Joseph, uh, the Cardinals defense coordinator, gave Jalen Hurts a pat on the back for that. He said, look, we called the right play. We executed it. The only way it was getting beaten was if a good throw was made. And a good throw was made. And, you know, it's everybody goes, uh, yeah, why did Vance Joseph do that? I'm like, well, technically it worked. It's just Jalen Hurts found Dallas Goddard. And Goddard was still short of the sticks. He got the yards he needed. And – Look, I, I mean, you're right. That was the play of the game. And the whole Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray thing, I, I'm i not crazy about either of them, but I respect what they've been able to do for that tournament franchise. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's time to start getting results, right? And Cliff, to me, I did like how he put all that Murray blame on his shoulders and said, look, we're the guys telling him, clock, 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 so spike it. But they also got to check the, the sticks, right? Same with Murray. Uh, that play was on Murray, uh, I believe. John and I debated this on our show uh, this week. He he thought it was as much on uh, a shared blame between the coach, the quarterback, the stadium scoreboard operator who put up first down before he ever actually got the first down. So McMullen shared the blame. I put it on the quarterback. That's him. He, he's got to know. You have to have field awareness. He's not a wet behind the ears rookie. He's been around. He's been around long enough to get his contract extended in the $200 million range. So I'm sorry. You got to know where it is. And let me run this by you because I know uh, you're, you're a good historian and specifically an Eagle historian. I compared Kyla Murray after that game and where he's at in his career to a former Eagle quarterback. And that was a guy who was in the house the other day. You saw him in the locker room after words glad handing everybody. And that's Donovan McNabb. Because uh, Eagle fans will remember, and I'm sure you do too, the third year, Donovan McNabb's third year in the NFL. He came out in preseason and said, I'm just a quarterback. I don't want to hear I'm an athletic quarterback anymore. I remember and- that. There was a reference to uh, an African-American quarterback as compared to a white quarterback. But Donovan McNabb made a conscious decision. Listen, I'm not running anymore. I, desperation, yeah, got to do I'm going to run, but I'm not taking you off near as often. I'm not, I want to be a pocket quarterback and be judged the same way every other quarterback, white quarterbacks included, are judged here in the National Football League. And I think that hurt Donovan McNabb because his legs were a legit weapon. The same way right now Jalen Hurts' legs are a legit weapon. And Kyla Murray's legs are a legit weapon. But he doesn't want to run. He'd prefer to just run around and then look like Fran Tarkin scrambling back there and eventually try and force a pass downfield when if he decided just to take off and go, he could move the sticks anytime he wants. And on that last play with him going into a slide rather than dropping his shoulder and, and, and just making a lunge to make sure he got the first down. No, he did the protect himself thing. And that cost him the half a yard and that cost him the first down and their kicker cost them the game by going wide. Right. The first thing I thought of when uh, Donovan, when uh, Murray did what he did was, that's Donovan all over again. And the thing that really annoys me at what if I were a Cardinal fan is he got paid. I think part of the decision the quarterbacks make that they're not going to run as much as they have previously and or maybe should is I'm not getting hurt. I want to get paid. If, I, if I'm an injured quarterback, I'm not getting paid. Kyler Murray already cashed the check. He already got the guaranteed millions of dollars. So do what you have to do to win the game for your football team. Eagles are lucky he didn't do that on Sunday. 
Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you pointed out that McNabb quote. I do remember that. I think it was like the third week of the preseason he said that. And my dad and I used to over-evaluate when we watched these games. And I think it was the middle of the 2001 season. My dad was saying, doesn't McNabb look a little bigger to you? And I'm like, like bigger muscular-wise or bigger? No, he said, no, it's like he's purposely making himself not able to run by being bigger. And, yeah, I watched a lot of those 2000 Eagles. McNabb had no fear taken off. He was like, no, well, these guys can't catch me. I'm not getting hurt. And then all of a sudden it kind of – it slowly deteriorated by the by the time 2002 came. He still was able to get yards when he needed to get them. But, and he still had that explosiveness, but you just kept saying, why don't you run there? Why are you trying to force the ball into Todd Pinkston or James Thrash? You don't have to do this. And you're right, Jody. I, I think a lot of quarterbacks start thinking like that. I don't want to be judged like that. But then you got the guys that are like Lamar, Jalen Hurts. They don't care. They, they just want a first down. They don't care what you think of them. And that's why I like both of the players. Uh, I hope neither one of them changes. I get here's to me, the slide thing, you can take a hit anyway. Now the NFL is going to throw a flag because they bend over backwards to protect the quarterback, but uh, play the sidelines. You, you jog out of bounds, and that, that way you can also draw a flag and you might not get hurt because if you get touched, once you get into that uh, out-of-bounds area, you know the flag is coming out. Uh, yeah, if you've got the ability to run with almost anybody on your team, you're as fast a guy as your wide receivers are and you're a quarterback, it's it's a skill you have. It's a weapon you have. Don't be afraid to use the weapon just because it might not be the way uh, most quarterbacks are judged in the National Football League. Yeah, and there's a rookie quarterback that I like he thinks like that. That's Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, I know – if you look at the box score, if you look at that Steelers game, they looked all awful, and, and they did. But Pickett showed a lot of moxie in that game. Like, he was not afraid to take off. He was not afraid to do it. Like, when he slid, he slid past first down more. I love what he said after the game, you know, when he was picking fights with Bill's players and getting hit. Like, he said, I'm not putting up with this. I, I, I'm not doing it. I don't care if you're beating me 100 to nothing. I'm not going to sit here and basically be, be your whipping boy. I, I'm not going to do it. And I think uh, – you gain a lot of respect in your locker room. Your first career start, you're losing 38-3, and you're picking fights with good defensive players on the Bills because they're hitting you later. He goes, I think that shot was uncalled for. I, to me, I, I want to go to war for that guy. Yeah, I like Pickett coming out, and uh, he's going to get a chance to be their starting quarterback going forward. Uh, kind of tough as your first ever NFL start to step in against the Bills. <laughs> so uh, he got a tough test out of the way early. I don't think Pittsburgh's making the playoffs. Sorry, uh, Steeler fans who are watching right now. Um, but I, I think they've got a nice 10-game evaluated period to find out how good Kenny Pickett's going to be. By the way, what is your take on the Cowboys-Eagles game? How do you feel it is going to play out? Uh, Dogfight. I really do. Um, both of these defenses are good. Uh, the Cowboys' defense is... Uh, been as good as any in the National Football League this year, and the Eagles are right there with them. So I think it's going to be a hard fourth game. Points are going to be at a premium. Uh, I think both teams realize they can and should run the ball. The uh, Cowboys have uh, been successful without Dak Prescott in there because they haven't asked Cooper Rush to do all that much. And I don't think this is the week that Cooper Rush drops back and throws it 39 times. I just don't. I think the Cowboys will try and go mano a mano with the Eagles defensive line up front. Uh, they'll have enough success that they'll move the chains. Probably not a lot of three and outs, but not a lot of scoring either, Jeff. I think this is going to be a slow moving game. It's not what Eagle fans want to hear. It's not what Cowboy fans want to hear either. I think everybody would rather see a 35-31 game. Uh, while I will absolutely say it will not rise to the ineptitude of the last couple of Thursday nights, I, I, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of touchdowns scored. I think it's going to be a ground and pound type game for both teams. When they go back and watch the tape and see what they did in that final possession against the Cardinals, just moving the ball down the field, couple of different running backs, miles to start. Mixing a Hurts run. Kenny Gainwell off the bench to also move the sticks. I think the Eagles believe that when we need to, we can run the football against anybody. Now, here's where I'll give Demarcus Lawrence at least some cred. Um, 
this is the best defense the Eagles have played all year. Um, oh. I don't know that the Cowboys have played a great defense either, but this is the best defense the Eagles have played all year. So I don't know that they can just uh, say, well, we can run the football anytime we want. Yeah, it might be a little bit more difficult against the Cowboys than against the other teams you've played so far. I think both teams are going to have a tough time putting points on the board. I think it's a uh, low-scoring game that uh, will be decided late. I like the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles to win. I think it'll probably be about a touchdown. As I mentioned with John yesterday on the show, VegasInsiders.com website I use all the time. Um, They had the game opening up as the Eagles a one-point favorite, which is just ridiculously low. I don't know why or how. The only thing I could think of was because Dak Prescott might be starting Maybe they moved the line as much as they did. When it became obvious that Prescott wasn't starting, they jumped it up to six. Now, a line just doesn't go from minus one to minus six. It goes from minus two to minus three or minus three to minus four. It doesn't jump as much as it did. I think it's close to what it should be. Uh, I think it should be a five and a half, six point line. That's what the Eagles have been each of the last two weeks. And I would say about the same here with the Cowboys. I think it's a touchdown game. I I really do. I think it'll be hanging in the balance in the fourth quarter, which will keep us all up late on Sunday night and keep us excited and entertained. I'm sure there are a bunch of Eagle fans that would likely go, no, 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 Jody. 31-7 going to the fourth quarter. I got to get to bed and get up for work on Monday. Not going to be the case. I think it hangs in the balance until the fourth quarter. I do think, and this is where I love the mentality of Jalen Hurts. You don't see this outside when he's talking to the media, but I think this is a guy who smells blood in the water when it comes to this Cowboys team. I think you know he remembers his first career start against the Cowboys. They they got the early 27 lead and they lost. Then last year the Monday night football embarrassment. And you know he his words, by the way, embarrassment. I think Jalen Hurts looks at this game and goes, it's my chance again on the national stage Every time we get the ball, let's go score a touchdown and let's make this Cooper Rush beat us. That, that is the key to beating the Dallas Cowboys. I thought the Rams showed so so much out of Cooper Rush last week. The vulnerability he provides. Like, because he's done a really good job. But Aaron Donald showed, you know what, the interior of this offensive line isn't as good as people are making it out to be. You get to him, he bubbled the football. You get him out of the pocket. He's not as comfortable as he wants to be. He's trying to – he tried to force some stuff last week. And uh, it was hard to go that game because the Eagles were all at the same time, and I'm doing the Eagles game. But when I rewatched that Cowboys game, I'm like, you know what? You can get this guy. I mean, he is a backup quarterback for a reason. And if the Eagles could jump out to an early lead, and I, I know you could say this every week, but if they jump out to, a say, a 14-0 lead or a 21-7 lead and force Cooper Rush to actually beat you with his arm, I don't know if he can do it. Yeah, um, but it's going to be tough for the Eagles to get uh, that points that quickly against a a Cowboy defense, which I think is pretty good. And your point about Hurts is interesting in that he is such a a flatline guy. He doesn't play with emotion. He doesn't talk with emotion. He doesn't show a ton of emotion out there on the field. We all know he's a driven guy, and he puts in the time and the effort, and he's not going to – uh, come into a game unprepared in any way, shape, or form, but he's not a high-low guy. He doesn't let his emotions carry him to a new height or uh, bring him down because of uh, a low. He plays on that good level, even path. So I don't know how the emotions come play this week. I, I think Jalen Hurts will be Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll play any better because it's a big game. I don't have the fears that he'll play any worse because it's a pressurized game. I think Jalen Hurts just plays to Jalen Hurts' level. And so far this year, it's been good enough to register five wins. Yeah, I, I think for him, it's self-motivation, right? And I, Look, I bowl with a ton of good bowlers that use self-motivation, where whether it's the opponent they're facing or someone, you know, they, they just need something to get their gear up, right? And I think that's how Jalen Hurts might feel about the Cowboys. You know, DeMarcus Lawrence's bulletin board material isn't going to get him, but Maybe the fact that, look, I've never beaten this team. This team has embarrassed me twice. You know, he's not going to show it. But you could I, – I have a feeling like on a couple of his touchdowns or a couple of touchdowns, you're going to see that you know, that Jalen Hurts – you know what he does like when – in Arizona, he does that like victory scream or whatever he does when they go in the locker room after the win? 
I feel like we're going to see a little bit of that. Or Jalen Hurts on Monday Night Football against the Vikings. But like, he kind of showcases his personality a little bit. A little bit, but not a whole hell of a lot. No, no. Uh, I really do line. believe that Jalen is hes almost a flatline guy, as a matter of fact. Here's where I think the Eagles can get an advantage. And they don't show it as much, but you can see it in their personality when they're doing interviews. Oh, I think the two tackles can take that as major uh, offense. Ooh. Especially the Lane Johnson, who's <laughs> been nothing short of spectacular so far this year, and a getting back in action Jordan Mailata. I think they'll both have plenty to say this week about what uh, Trevor Lawrence had to say. Oh, really? We haven't played them boys yet, huh? Or you haven't played these Eagles yet, big guy. And I think they'll both do a good job and have extra motivation because of the foolish cowboy statements before the game. Jerry, we, we might talk about this on Birds 365, but biggest Eagles-Cowboys game this early in the season since? Oof. Been a while. Um, this big, 5-0 against 4-1? and one? Yeah, I, the 90s? How far do you think you got to go back, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, maybe the T.O. coming back? When you did know, they play that year? That was week four. I think I'm trying to remember if both teams were three and one going. It was week five. Okay. I, I just remember uh, personally being a fan hyped up for that game because T.O. was coming back. And I really liked T.O., but I wanted McNabb to beat him. And I just remember Brian Dawkins trash talking him throughout the game when they showed it later in the week on like, uh, I think it was an NFL turning point at the time. It was, I think it was like the first year they had like sound effects on NFL network. That was, that was the first year I had NFL network, by the way. Um, Maybe 92 when I think the Eagles were undefeated and the Cowboys had one loss and the Eagles beat the crap out of them at the vet. It's been a while since this big a game has been played this early in the season. And I'm glad you brought up the T.O. game. That was the year officially I removed my fan card from the Dallas Cowboy deck. Uh, when they signed Tower Lowe's, I said, that's it. I give up. You're a bigger T.O. fan than I am. I thought the T.O. was a tremendously talented player but as big a pain in the rear end as you're ever going to find who cared that whole he's my quarterback thing just made me laugh out loud uh t.o cares about t.o and and Brody laughs about that by the way yeah (laughs) it's it's funny it it, it really is like tony robo loved it too it it, i i that might have been the one marriage i think t.o at least with a quarterback t.o actually liked he may have liked him, but I think it was more about T.O. crying for himself that he didn't have a talented quarterback. Now the Cowboys do have Cooper Rush to come off the bench, which would make it exciting for us on Sunday, Jeff. Oh, I, I, I can't wait, Jeff. You know what? It's weird, too, right, because the Phillies are in the playoffs. It's, I feel like Dallas week hasn't gone probably the hype it normally gets. And maybe that's because my, my clock is – I'm a baseball nut. You know that. Phillies are in the playoffs, and – I think right now that's kind of taking precedence of the state, but I feel like as the week's going on, as it's getting closer now, we're starting to get to the, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a big football game on Sunday, and the Eagles really have a chance to show, hey, you know what? We're the best team in the league. Here's the one thing we know. The Phillies will have done what the Phillies will have done before the Eagles ever take the field on Sunday. You got today's game, you got Saturday, and then you got to fly down to Atlanta, if necessary, play that game five. Either the Phillies will have already advanced to the NLCS and or will be recapping and looking back. Hey, it was a pretty damn good city. Took out the Cardinals, made the Braves work. Uh, by the time we get to Sunday night, sole focus, Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah. Well, Jody, I got to let you go. I know you got a show coming up. I got to join. And then you and me, you're coming back. You're going to yeah. give me a helping hand on Birds 365 later on. Yeah, I'll be on at 9 o'clock, so I'll be there. and I'll actually be at Citizens Bank Park today, Jody. So it's going to be a... Fun day in, in Jeff Kerr's world. Uh, Jody, I'm going to get again? more coffee, talk to McMullen. You wrap up your show. I'll talk to you in an hour, Kerr. Yep, I'll see you in an hour, Jody. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Jody McDonald, uh, I'll tell you what, Burst 365 is coming up next, but you'll get to hear me talk for, what, about three more minutes here? I, I, I'm going to make my prediction now. I think the Eagles win this game by 10 points. Uh, I, I think it's going to be... Um, 27 to 17 Eagles victory. Uh, Dallas to me is having problems scoring more than 20 points. So I look at this team. I think I agree with Jody. I think they're going to try to pound the football mano a mano with the Eagles. Give the ball to Tony Pollard. 
I, I beg Dallas to give the ball to Tony Pollard. He's the best running back on the team, but they won't. They'll try to force it with Zeke. I do think the Eagles have to respect this wide receiver group, though. Just a bit here. C.D. Lamb has been playing better. Noah Brown, I like a lot. I really do like Noah Brown. I think he's a good depth piece right now. Michael Gallup's back. That's huge for Dallas. Dalton Schultz is still a little banged up. I don't know if he's going to play. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I, I think he will. I, I think Dallas knows how big of a game this is. I don't think we're seeing Dak, so it, it's a Cooper Rush show here. Um, but I'll tell you what. If the Eagles can get 20, 24 points off that defense, they're going to win the game. Bottom line. And I think they're they're good enough offense to do that. I think they can ground and pound their way to doing that if they need to. Keep that Dallas defensive line on its heels. I think that we're going to see a big-time game from A.J. Brown on Sunday. I think A.J. Brown's going to take it a little bit personally. He's facing Trayvon Diggs because Trayvon Diggs is going to be on him. And can Dallas stop this new-look Eagles offense with Brown, Smith, Goddard? Maybe Watkins gets involved a little bit. But I, I, I agree with Jody. I think it's not going to be this 35-31 shootout we're all anticipating. Could be that wrong here. But I do think the Eagles win the game by 10 points. I I, I think they they are a better team. They are at home. And this is it, guys. It's what we've been talking about since – I've been on Birds 365 for a while now. I've been saying it. This is the game you circle in your calendar. This is the game the Eagles are going to prove, hey, you know what? We're here. We're for real. This is our division now. This is the, this is the Eagles' chance. They're at home. Sunday night, under the lights. This is a team that has been thwarted in your side. The last time they beat the Cowboys was when Ben DiNucci was the starting quarterback. Feels like eons ago. It's a big game. It's a huge game for the Eagles. It's a, It can be a statement game for the Eagles. Well, it's also a statement game for the Cowboys, too. We have to keep that in mind. Because the Cowboys know they can't afford to go two back with a tiebreaker going to the Eagles. I'm not going to say the NFC East is over, but the Eagles are going to be in the driver's seat. Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, Indianapolis coming up. I mean, it could be an inch, a very fun year. It still is. It could be a very fun year for Philadelphia Eagles fans if they're able to win Sunday night. We didn't even talk about the Giants today. I mean, Giants play the Ravens Sunday. They got a big game coming up. Um, I do think the Ravens win that game. I think they get the Giants every week. I should probably know better, but the Ravens are a really good team for a three and two football team. They they probably should be five and zero like the Eagles. They blew two four quarter leads here. They probably should be five and zero as well. I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Ravens this week, but I still think the Giants deserve a lot of respect. They they earned my respect after they beat Green Bay. I still think the Giants are going to be a thorn in everybody's side in this division the whole year. Washington, we talked about at the top of the show. They stink. It's a bit it's a bad football team. There's drama all around them, but they're still in a playoff race because the NFL is beyond mediocre. And you guys are gonna figure this out too. This league is beyond mediocre. After this game this week, you're gonna find out. Man, the Steelers really this bad. The Texas really this bad. Washington, we know is bad. The Bears are really this bad. Yeah, you get to play them too. Yeah, you get to play the Chicago Bears this year. Green Bay, I, I think they're a little bit better. <laughs> Tennessee, I think they're a little bit better. But still, Bears, Giants twice in December. The Saints, they're mediocre. It's going to be an interesting year, guys. It, it really is. Uh, I'm going to be on Birds 365 an hour. I'll leave it to Joey McDonald and John McBowen. They're coming up next. Make sure to hit that like. Subscribe to Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Feel free to give your comments on the show, guys. Love you guys coming on. Been a good week. We're going to have a good week. Good morning, NFC East. Next week, I'll be tired as hell <laughs> Monday morning because I'm going to be at the link for the game. Um, so, once again, guys, my name is Chef Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Have a good day, guys. Have a good weekend. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 